0: On this episode of DevTalk, I speak to James Montemagno about productivity and motivation. Welcome to episode 50 of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop and today, for today's special episode, I've got a special guest and today's guest is James Montemagno. James is program manager lead for the .NET community at Microsoft. He's become the face of the the Xamarin the Technology at Microsoft. He's a fellow podcaster. You can see him all over Channel 9 and on so many stages all around the world, and I'm really happy to have him on the show. Hello, James. Hey, Kerry.
1: How's it going? I'm really excited to be here. I didn't know it was so special, a special guest on a special episode. I'm honored.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I made it through 50 episodes. You are way past that with your podcast with, with Frank, who's already been on the show, Uh, How is your podcast going?
1: Uh, It's going super great. I mean, first, you know, congratulations on 50 episodes is a huge accomplishment. I mean, uh, we always like to celebrate 52 because that's like a full year, but even (laughs) any of those major milestones, then it gets weird because you're like, now we're celebrating episode 104 and 156, but uh, no, 150 episodes, that's amazing. I think that, you know, any, like anything, whether you're starting a new project, whether you're blogging, whether you're podcasting you know, keeping with it, getting, you know, get guests on being, have a good cadence. It's always really tricky. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, congratulations on that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I think that we've been trying to do that over our merge conflict, our podcast that Frank and I do, uh, it's been going well. I mean, I think that, you know, through the pandemic, we have a lot of listeners writing into the show, engaging with us on Twitter uh, a little mm-hmm. bit more, but of course, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows, if you will, because, even me, you and I were talking about, I, I listened to a little bit less podcasts, a little bit more YouTube on my end, at least. Uh, so I've been trying to also create some content uh, on that side of the world, uh, just to kind of see, you know, where, you know, people, you know, that are following me or are, are looking for good content and where I can put it out into the world. But Frank's doing good. I just recorded a podcast with him yesterday. Uh, he's mm-hmm. in high spirits and we, we had a, a fun episode, uh, that we did they're all fun. I know that's a fun, I mean, for me, I podcast because even though Frank and I um, have always sort of lived close to each other, you know, even in Seattle, a lot of people don't hang out all that often, or it's harder to just manage and something to see about Seattle, but in COVID, obviously it's, it's even more so we don't see each other. So even any of my podcasts that I do, I do a Nintendo one and do the merge conflict do the Xamarin one. It's just a great way to chat with a friend for half an hour, an hour. And then that's why I, started podcasting is because i wanted to have those connections to my friends that are maybe a few miles away or hundreds of thousands or a thousand miles away you know and i think it's so cool mm-hmm. that we're tens of, we're so far away from each other right now and yet we get to spend the next half an hour 45 minutes together and,
0: and that's cool yeah i completely forgot you 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 got four podcasts right is that uh, the also the xamarin podcast if for the people people close to this show uh, they're they're more from the Xamarin community, and I'm sure they've come across you because you are everywhere. It, it is um, it is hard to uh, not stumble across something that that you do. Like you're looking for how, how do I do this in Xamarin, and then your your blog article pops up or your your Xamarin show episode. And um, James, I, I'm wondering how how do you manage to to do all of the all that you are doing all this this j- just high quality output open source uh contributions I, I, it it blows my mind how do you do it james
1: uh, i have a wife that is very amazing that allows me some time to work on stuff now i mean my, um, my wife is amazing we we have really good communication uh when we first started dating uh over 5 years ago uh I was at Xamarin at the time, it was before the acquisition, and I was at that time traveling 70 to 80% of the year for work. And mm-hmm. that was something that I think we just really tackled early on in our relationship of understanding uh, when I was going to be on the road, the type of activities that I did beyond work with podcasts and videos. What of that was work, right? Because the Xamarin podcast, that that's a work thing. Zamram yeah. show, that's a work thing. Blogs, it's a work thing. Whereas Nintendo Dispatch, one of my podcasts, Merge Conflict, my personal YouTube, those are James time things, right? And those need to be done off work hours. Um, even though I work mm-hmm. at home, you can kind of you know blur the lines a little bit during lunch hours. But you know, it was it was just really good communication as far as hey, this is some of the things I'm going to do. I'm going to spend this much time and just trying to stick with it has been, um, fairly, uh, good. But I think that, you know, you, you mentioned something early, which is that I sort of have popped up in a bunch of places, right? Whether it's a, a video or a blog or a conference. And one yeah. thing that I've always focused on is I call it the 120%. And the 120% is this thing that I work a lot on with, with, uh, my my reports, I'm a manager now. And a lot of my coworkers that, you know, are, you know, You know, sometimes we work together on projects together and I say, you know, we need to take this to 120%. And, and often, you know, it's, it's weird to say, well, I'm going to finish a project at 120%. But what I mean by that is that I often find anything I work on to be in three buckets, either 80, 100, or 120. And Hmm. how that works is. I work on something. Maybe it's a project, maybe it's an update to a website or maybe it's, you know, a presentation. And you can stop at the 80%, which is like I've done it, it's it's pretty much met all of the requirements. I can fine tune it. But then you can sort of take it to the 100%, which is like then go get feedback from all of your stakeholders, see how you can improve it, how you can really you know, iterate on it with your customers or, or, um, or, or take it up a notch. But I think the 120% is, is taking that one thing that you did, getting it to a hundred and then doing 20% more to it in adjacent projects. So for example, Gary, and I was going to talk here for a little bit and then you can interject here, but, um, (laughs) is let's say I write an app, like I have my Island Tracker app, which is like an Animal Crossing app, right? I I worked on it in the open source. I like had it working, you know, locally. It was all good. And I was, I was basically at 180%, you, know, you know, I was getting ready to ship it. But then I was like, okay, well, let me do the other things that I think could really take this project to 100%. So I'm going to do real user feedback. I'm going to iterate on it. I'm going to fine tune it. I'm going to you know, get the design and the icons. I'm going to ship it and I'm really going to dedicate a few weeks after release to update add new features, and I'm at 100%. But mm-hmm. the work of mind in me says, how can I take this thing that I worked on and then bring it to 120%? So what I did is I've written blogs about it. I've done presentations on it. I've made videos on it. I'm doing webinars on it. Um, I talk about it on this podcast. I I <laughs> then use it to uh, iterate on other projects that I'm working on to integrate in it to it as like a test bed. So like, I could have stopped. I didn't have to blog about it. I didn't have to talk about the inner workings. I didn't have to talk about the Azure functions. I didn't have to do a presentation on it, but I took one thing and I turned it into 10 things. And that is, that's a way for me to say, Hey, I'm working on this one project at work, but now this project or this new feature, this new thing is now 10 things. So instead of doing more small things, take that one thing and try to multiply it by 10. And I think that really keeps me sane as far as how can I really focus on one thing, but multiply it, the multiplication effect of trying to say, I'm going to try to put myself everywhere, but I only really did one thing, right? I only made one app, but I turned that one app into 10 different venues for people to find out about it.
0: Okay. That's a bit like some, sometimes I do that. I give a presentation and then I give that same presentation again, but you're talking about like different types of media.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So imagine you take that one presentation, you built a demo over it, and then you can obviously do a presentation again, or maybe you, um, you take some of that code and you turn it into an open source project that turns it into a library. You then write a blog post about that. You then, you know, do a presentation on that thing. So it kind of spirals in a way Mm -hmm. of saying, well, it started with a presentation, but that actually then said, well, now I did a presentation, but then I took that presentation, snipped it apart. I went on the Xamarin show. I did, went on a podcast. I wrote a blog about it. Right. And you, it's this amplification of that work that you did so instead of you doing four presentations to, to get to the level of, of outreach, you just took one presentation, maybe snipped it up in a few different things that were on different mediums. And that's what I kind of think about.
0: Okay. I, I guess I've done that with a, with a few topics, like my, my security topic. I mean, there's, it doesn't, uh, there are not so many new things coming there. Uh, I mean, the, if you. If you understand the basics, then that's pretty good. Um, and I uh, had this, well, the, my biggest pr- presentation was at Evolve, uh, Xamarin Evolve in 2016. And then I did some blog posts about that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I came on your show, on the Xamarin show, and, and showed uh, I, sort of a spin off of that, I guess, yeah, a compact version, did a different demo, but yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, reusing my work, and uh, but it but that's the it's the important part of my work that uh, that everybody has to has to understand to to make their app secure, I guess. Yeah, you know, I think that coming in
1: from a community perspective, right? My entire team's uh, objective is to 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 nurture and grow the .NET community across all the different workloads, um, and and that means that we're doing a lot of different content, and we're building new things, we're building demos, we're building workshops. I think it's important to take those learnings, write them down and then share those with the world. And and that could be as small as hey, I you know, I fixed this bug, you know, like that that's a good example. It's like I fixed this bug recently mm-hmm. in Xamarin Essentials which was something with Android 11. You know, there was a new security thing, you needed to do this thing. So it's like, okay, well what I did is I I fixed the bug by figuring out the user to the user like what Uh, that they reported the error. And I said, well, here's what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. I then updated the documentation. And then I wrote a blog post about it, right? So Mm -hmm. I kind of took it one more step, right? And that's a good example of something small, whereas like, instead of saying, I got to do X and X and X and X and X, X, right? But like, if I think about it, I could have just, you know, reported to that user, like, here's how you fix it, right? But, you know, then I updated the docs. So that, that took it to the hundred. And then I did like the one more thing, and then I wrote a blog about it, right? Because mm-hmm. if I didn't write a blog about it, I would have needed to figure out something brand new to write a blog about. But I just learned all of this important knowledge. So how do I then share that with the world another way, right? Whereas I may then say, maybe I'll record a Xamarin um, uh, show on it where I talk about iOS and Android and the permission changes that they made. You know, and it's like one more thing of of how do you amplify. Um, those those sort of individual tasks into you know bigger meteor things across those different mediums. So when I think about you know the work that um, you know uh, like Jamie, John, and, and Jeff on my team are doing with .NET Conf uh, coming up. Like they have not only the website and they're working with the .NET Foundation. So they have like virtual user groups and then they're blogging about it. They're updating the website on it. They're, you know, tweeting about it. They're, you know, putting, you know, different bumper videos. It's kind of like the one more thing, one more thing, one more way to promote. um, Instead of saying, oh my goodness, I need to, I need to not only do like .NET Conf, but I need to do this thing. I need to do that thing. I need to do that thing. And they're all four different things. One thing Mm -hmm. that's helped me when you think about what you said was, how do I prioritize myself? How do I do this? I think it's so easy to just let all of those little things keep stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking on top of each other. Whereas my plan and my strategy has always been, let me do one thing like really, really good, bring it to 120, 140%, and then start the next thing. It's like, how do I just really make sure that I'm you know, focusing in and, and really getting as, squeezing it, kind of like squeezing as much juice out of it as you can before going on to the next thing.
0: But you know, some people would like to do that. They, or they, they have the motivation to, oh, I want to, want to spread the word. I want to, want to write a blog post. And, um, but then there's like the, the projects that make the money, um, Mm -hmm. that just, just take your time. And, um, I mean, you, you've got a little bit of a different situation. I mean, part of your job is to do these sorts of things, but do you have any way, let, let's let say you, you, you get up in the morning. Is, is there a way that you, you split up your day or you, um, I mean, it's probably different now, even cause, cause, uh, we're working from home or I, you've probably worked from home before a little bit too, or maybe a lot but how do you how do you go about deciding what to do how prioritizing those things
1: yeah that's a good question yeah i mean i think that the 120 type of thing is like how i yeah squeeze all the, the juice out of any project i'm working on sort of long tail so like you know i can mm-hmm. keep going but yeah you're right it's a good question so i mean i've worked when i joined Xamarin 7 years ago it was the first time that i had the opportunity to work from home full time so I worked from home full time from Xamarin and then at Microsoft, I had the ability to go into the office, but I didn't go into the office every day. I went in maybe two days a week, maybe three days a week. I didn't really mm-hmm. need to because the team that I was working with and even the team that that I work with today is spread out all over the US and the globe um, in general. Yeah. So I'm pretty lucky there. and And so transitioning to. Working from home full time again um, was not necessarily easier because working from home and working from home during COVID are two completely separate things. But I think some of the principles that helped me uh, at um, when I originally worked from home, making that transition, have helped me today. So I always have like a routine, which is usually get up and a shower, and then I make coffee and eat cereal. So like like I always have like these before I start work things which is like, Mm -hmm. I always do X, Y, Z, which is like, I always wake up. I always shower. I always make coffee and I always eat cereal. And like, now I just like read the newspaper or like read the news in the morning. like, those are two important things that I want to do before I actually sit at a computer or stand at a computer and, and work through my day. And Mm -hmm. once I get over that where I'm like, put my mind into this good place of like, I'm ready to start. Right. Which means I get up a little earlier. I get up around 7 AM and I start my work day around eight, eight thirty. 30. It just depends on meetings. Uh, and I go till you know, four or five or six. It just sort of depends on how long of a lunch break I take. But, you know, I look at it a little bit more of task-based, um, work. So for me, I think you're right. I'm super privileged that I have a this job that enables me to do this community evangelism. Like it's part of my job, right? I don't yeah. necessarily ship product, right? Like I've made pull requests to 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 iOS and Android and Xamarin forms and I I've worked really close with the engineering team on Xamarin essentials uh just from like my plugin work that I've done in the open. But even then, all of that is work. So my plugin work was work, my essentials work was work and then Um, my actual job job is all of the things around that. So Mm -hmm. while I was working on those things, I always had into the back of my mind, how am I going to evangelize these things or get it to 120%. So I think when I sit down at my desk, um, at the beginning of the day, I, I mostly compartmentalize everything on pen and paper. We, we use a lot of different tools at Microsoft and I've transitioned through a lot of tools at Xamarin before that, whether it be. Trello or now Planner or Tasks. And I think all those things are good. Like I used to go in every morning and in, in the Microsoft Tasks app, I used to write every single thing that I was going to do that day. I was like, bop, 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 bop. and that became mm-hmm. a little bit too much where what I do now is at the beginning of the week, I just have a big checklist of you know things I want to do. Like Monday morning, I sit down and I go, what do I want to do this week? Um, often I do this on Friday though, because on Friday I recap what I did and I'm like, what am I going to do next week? And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's literally like a bunch of check boxes, like that I draw on a piece of paper, has the date on top. So I'm looking at 11.2 and I have you know some training to go to. I'm going to update, create some .NET comp videos. I'm going to work on AZ developer conf. Uh, I'm going to update this newsletter that I have. Going to work on a keynote prep for the .net comp, so I have these all written down with checkboxes, mm-hmm. and and I sort of just look at well, when are they due by? And I have little arrows, and I put like Tuesday, Monday, like when are they due by, right? <laughs> and it, it's it's doesn't it, it's not like concrete in any way of like what I'm going to work on because I have manager stuff to do and emails to parse and things to read. But I, I just know that I want to check all those checkboxes by the end of the week. And I add to them too. So if I'm like, oh, well, I did this video, but that's going to make a great blog post, like put it on there. And um, throughout the week, my entire goal is to check off as many of those checkboxes as I can. And often those checkboxes are coming from you know, our internal, like we do like OKRs and we have a planner board with high level tasks and whatnot. And And I break all that stuff down, kind of like DevOpsy, you know, if you're in DevOps or if you're in, you know, some sort of Kanban board, breaking Mm -hmm. it down. But I try not to stay in the Kanban board or or into the DevOps because for me, I can go update those things later. I want to think about those higher level objectives of, hey, I need to do this this thing and I'm gonna check it off and I'm and I'm done and I feel good about it. And then make sure like once I check it off. Is there anything else I need to do to get that 120% that I can just add on to this list basically, and kind of have this ever ongoing list of what I want to make sure I do this week. And when I don't finish those, then move those over to the next week. And I try not to have too many, you know, bullet points in there, because if I made a checklist of 80 things, I'm not going to get to 80 things, right? My checklist here is eight things. You know, five days. Okay. So if I'm doing mm-hmm. one a day, two a day. I'm crushing it, right? I'm feeling real good because there's going to be so much stuff that comes up, right? There's going to be some issue. Maybe the website will go down, or maybe I need to do something else. Like today, you know, I was just on a meeting. And we're like, hey, you know, we're, we really want to make an update to the website to put this thing or on the Donnet Foundation. I was like, okay, well, I'll stop for five minutes, do a PR, and go. Right. Um, So that'll add to the list, right? It's like, oh, and I did this little thing, and. Ideally, if I start with eight things, I would love to have like 15 things on that list by the end. Um, but I don't want to set myself up for, um, like overload from the beginning. So I usually start small and grow from there. I mean, that's kind of how I prioritize. It's like really a Monday morning activity, uh, that I have. But again, I think the, 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 the sort of, uh, ceremony in the morning of getting up setting my thing. I open the blinds every morning. Like, like, it's very, like, it's almost like the, the Truman show in a way. I don't know if you've ever seen the Truman show. <laughs> I uh, have. Yeah. A great movie. A uh, little Jim Carrey back in the day. And, <laughs> uh, it's very much like that, right? It's like you're, I almost feel like, especially now I feel like I'm just you know, living on repeat every single day. I'm like, I'm doing this gr- Groundhog day also maybe. <laughs> or groundhog day. Yep, exactly. Um, it's very similar a- in a way, but it at least puts me in that place where I'm not waking up and I'm not focus immediately on work um because i think that would be a little detrimental um to my health <laughs> so
0: yeah well i was thinking about um, you I, I mean you you have all this motivation um it, it is uh, it, i admire that what what i think your your big achievement is to keep this motivation at that level for such a long long period i mean you've been doing doing this for years Mm-hmm. And you, you did that well. you, you talked about like, uh, 70% on the road and, uh, that, that can be, uh, taxing and, and, you know, uh, the one town looks like the other at, at some point. And, and, um, do, do you have anything to motivate you or, or, or w- what is it that keeps you going? Coffee? No, um, Coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um well, I mean, that's, it's a good point, um, you know, I would say that I live and die by my calendar. Like that's one thing that's in management of, of traveling or now not traveling, but all of the, all of the key important things, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. So one thing that has helped manage like the workload when we talk about the management past Monday is if I'm working with a partner team or even someone on my team and something is due, I ask them to put a calendar event that literally says this thing is due by this date. You know, it's really mm-hmm. weird, but it gives me a good place to say, oh my goodness, I need to fill out this report. So I'm going to mark off time that says, fill out report and blah, blah, blah. And it, it gives me that nice motivation there to make sure it's done on time. And so I live and die by the calendar. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. And that's in personal life and in, in uh, work life too. Uh, and now, it, now
0: I'm glad it, I sent you an invitation for this recording, actually.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you again, if, if, if you had not, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't if it existed to be honest with you. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was doing, I was doing, um, I was doing a recording. What was it? Oh, it was, um, user group talks. Uh, recently I'd done a bunch of user group talks and I, and I asked mm-hmm. all the user group members, I said, please, please send me a, uh, an invite because I, I basically wake up. I look on that Monday. I'm like, what's coming up this week. Oh, I have a user group talk. I better, you know, finish that off. Uh, cause if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. So <laughs> that's one thing I've always asked people to do. And that's been helpful. And, and me and my wife, we do it all the time. Like we, we'll just put little events on the calendar for each other. Um, I have like financial planning, like the first, you know, it's just recurring. Our podcast has a calendar event, you know, and, and that's shared. So my wife has kind of transparency into, my, my personal projects like that. And uh, that, yeah, that helped yeah. a lot. You don't want to micromanage, but it's good to have some high level things. But to keep me going, I mean, here's the thing. Carrie's like, I love, I love, I love what I do. I love the products. I love the people. I love the community. I love, I love it. I love, the reason I went to go work at Xamarin after being a Xamarin developer uh, for two years at a small startup in in Washington is because I loved it. And I love every bit of it. Um, I had never spoken professionally before that. I, I've, I've blogged personally for a long time, but not really technical blogging, and I never didn't do really do presentations or webinars or anything like that. Uh, but I love the product, and I'm pretty good at talking. I, 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 as far as like I can just talk about anything for for how long. Right? If you, I'm looking at our Zencaster stream, and it's a lot of James talking, right? Because I can just. I can, I can talk and I'm passionate about it. I love this thing. I think I've been so blessed and privileged that I get to evangelize and talk about the product that I truly passionately love. Um, and I think that when I went from being a developer to an advocate, uh, for Xamarin, it was really natural for me because I got to share the things that I loved with other people that were starting their journey. And it was really exciting. I think every single day it's exciting. There are people and developers and students and longtime individuals with software engineering careers or people switching into software engineering and they want to do something. And I honestly think that just like c NET are the best thing in the entire world. I love Visual Studio and I love Xamarin. I just love that I can take that knowledge and use C-sharp and .net everywhere, right? Across different workloads, but that I can build these beautiful cross-platform apps. I've just loved it, right? And I'm not saying that it's like the only way that anyone ever should do something, but I'm like, I think if you are looking to go and build some sort of cross-platform application, .NET has your back, C-sharp's a great language, XAML's a pretty elegant, um, and I like data binding. And if you can grasp some of those concepts, you'll be super successful, uh, like I was, and I want to teach people. Like I think that that's what I found is that I love teaching people. So me traveling, going to all these places, and you know, I talked to a lot of my my colleagues, and 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 you go to all these places, and you, you do the same Xamarin one hundred and one talk a hundred times, right? And they're yeah. like, you, you got to get bored of it, right? And I know a lot of my colleagues are like, I just can't do this anymore. Like I try to give them motivation, or like I've been in that place where I can't do it anymore. But it's it's something that software development is always changing. So as I've done Xamarin 101s for the last 7 years, it's always exciting because I can always tweak it and tuning. I'm learning something and the framework's evolving. Um I, I just do this talk I call it the new Xamarin, which is talking about not so much about building the apps but just about the amazing productivity and hot reload and hot restart and the the integrations into Visual Studio with live visual trees and binding intelligence. It's like everything's so great right and and yeah. it, for me i didn't have any of that stuff 7 years ago and it was still great it was still amazing like it continuously gets better and i believe in the product and i believe in the team working on it so it just gets me excited and i was um the the biggest satisfaction i get that keeps me going is when people randomly like years later will like run into me at a conference or reach out to me on twitter and like Oh my goodness! I read that thing, or I saw you this one time, and like it, I decided to to go all in, right? And it it changed their path. I'm like, that's amazing, right? That I, that's a bonus that I get to not only talk about it, but if one person, you know, I can change or help their help them out in their career or learn something new, it just really gets me excited, and and that's it's all I ever want to do. I just I love it, I, and I love the engagement and and how it goes. And to me, the final point I'll put on this is. I'm really, really um lucky and privileged that like this job, I don't have to sell anything. Like I'm not a salesperson. I used to work in sales, I used to work at GameStop selling video games, like in college and high school. Mm-hmm. And like I also love selling stuff, but I didn't want to be go into sales, right? And I appreciate people that are in sales and like how they work on big things like this. But like, as a true advocate or evangelist for a product, the most successful way of doing that is. Not selling anything. Whenever I would get feedback, uh, like via you know doing a session that was like something was someone said that felt a little salesy or whatever, I was like I did something wrong, and I went and corrected it because I just want to show you something cool that I love and I hope you love it. And I don't have anything to sell. I mean the product's free, right? I don't. There's nothing to sell, um, which is great. Back in the day, obviously at Xamarin there was um, before we went free and open source, but. Yep, yep. For me, it was never that. I never had a quota. I never wanted to have a quota. I never did. Had an amazing manager that, that we fine-tuned that. So that kept me going because I think if I had a sales quota and I was trying to do this thing, I think it would have tore me down because then it wasn't about the pure joy and passion for the product. It was some arbitrary number attached to it that I was trying to hit, which means I would have had to craft all of my evangelism around selling instead of just showing cool stuff that I think will help other people be successful.
0: And you started at, well, I mean, you had a job before you, you went all in on Xamarin and, um, but you started at the, the startup Xamarin and now it's a, a, you're in a big corporation. You you have all these, uh, I mean, opportunities within the company to, to move on to something else. I, I see your, I think your job description is like, a little bit evolving over the years, uh, but but for you, you just want to keep doing what you're doing right now, or do you see something else in the future that where you could uh, bring your enthusiasm?
1: Yeah, I started my career in in game development in, in college, and I went and then I left that industry, and I went. And I worked at Canon for a few years. Well, actually, OSE, which is a subsidiary of Canon, but printer software, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And then I left that and and I went um, on to create mobile applications at a small startup in Kirkland. And and through that, I found Xamarin. So I'd done Xamarin development for two years, joined Xamarin seven years ago now, more over seven and a half years ago. Oh my goodness. And and through that uh, and through the acquisition, I got to sort of keep doing what I was doing. But as I kept growing in my career, I kept broadening my reach and my collaborations with the amazing people I get to work with every day and the amazing products we get to ship. So obviously at Xamarin, we had a few different products, but besides just the platform, uh, we had, you Mm -hmm. know, test cloud and insights and and a few other things, and we could show that story, but at Microsoft, we have so many, we have devices, we have Azure, we have, you know, um, games, we have, you know, inside of.NET, we have web, we have desktop, we have IoT, we have the, what is this story? So, one thing that's been like a learning journey for me on my career path, which has now brought me into like management is, is um, trying to take that love and passion and not make it about, uh, not about me and not about the product, but, but uh, about the products, right? How do mm-hmm. I, as a, a member on the team, as an individual contributor, make it feel like it's not just me doing work, but it's it's us doing work, right? It's me collaborating with every single person on my team, little or small, and making sure that I stand up. And when I say, you know, when I talk about the product, it's not, and we added this feature, or I added this feature. It's like the team added this feature. I didn't do anything, right? I just get to talk about the cool stuff. But I want to show that it's a team effort and make sure that I create these partnerships with not only the other, you know, PMs, the program managers on on the, across the Xamarin team, on the visual studio team, the.net team, the Azure team, and, and span that out. So one of the things that I've had the opportunity to do is, is take that advocacy passion that I had and see how we can apply that across all of the different workloads, uh, and Visual Studio as well, um, to, to grow that advocacy out and partner up with different teams. So like a cool example is, you know, um, there's an awesome product at Microsoft called Microsoft Learn. Uh, are you, are you familiar with Microsoft Learn at all?
0: Carrie? I am not. No.
1: Okay. So Microsoft Learn is free interactive on your own schedule training, um, which is awesome. You can go to uh, what is it docs.microsoft.com. Yeah, docs.microsoft.com. And when you go there, you'll there's a big button that says Learn. And on here, it's hundreds of learning modules and paths. You can do interactive things in the browser or in a, a cloud shell or just locally in Visual Studio. And and you know there's a big dropdown that says Products and there's .NET there. So like a good example is you know. Not only members on my team, but members across documentation, the Microsoft Learn team, marketing, our cloud advocates that are out there. Um, we all came together and we said, we want to build up, you know, a, a, a sort of a vision for, for .NET, right? And if it was just me, I would have come into it and I would have said, I want to care about the vision for Xamarin, right? And Xamarin, 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 which works well when you work at Xamarin on a product. but yeah. It's a better story when we can launch something together and we can say, hey, entire .NET community, look at everything represented here, right? You can build web apps, you can build mobile apps, you can build desktop apps, you can build microservices, and let's build this stuff out, right? So we got lucky that there was a lot of content, but we built some new content. Um, We built some new learning paths for introduction to .NET and C Sharp. And then we started this .NET Learn Challenge, which um, reaching out to students and to new developers to and different companies to you know basically have a challenge with your colleagues. And that's how this sort of, what if we had a landing page turned into new modules, turned into a blog, turned into a skills thing, right? But it wasn't a me trying to focus on Xamarin thing. It was me collaborating with my team across other teams and across different organizations at Microsoft. And those are the types of things that I really love doing and I really love the team that I have that I'm working with every single day um because they have that same passion for .NET, but in different areas right we're all not xamarin people we're asp.net people we're Blazor people we're desktop people we're you know all different specialties microservices and we can come at it instead of let's just focus on one little aspect of of the product let's think holistically because that's what developers are doing. They're not just building a mobile app. They're building a suite of of things that combine together. So we want to bring yep. that sort of passion in. And that's what I get to do at Microsoft um, and as it's grown over the years. Um, and, you know, try to grow your career. You got to take on a little bit more. But this has been really fun to broaden uh, the the types of things that I get to work on.
0: Yeah I'm curious to see uh, what what great thing you come up with in the future or what what you get you will share with with others in the future. I'm I'm a, a big fan so so just keep keep outputting your your high quality content and uh, I'm sure so many people appreciate what you're doing. If I'm doing it
1: right, hopefully you'll see a little bit less of me and a lot more of other people to be honest with you. Um, okay. I, I like to th- <laughs> I like to think that um, you know, I'm old now, Yeah, I'm 34, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm good. I've done all the things, you know, I've, I've, I've done, um, there's so many amazing, you know, talented, um, engineers and PMs that work on our products that, you know, my goal has been when I was doing the Xamarin show and still am right. is to, to highlight and bring those individuals on. But as I work with more people, you know my passion is to is to hopefully help them if I if I can provide some of the the stuff that I've learned over the years um to ha- make them the next you know face of xamarin face of blaze face of whatever right if if they want to get up there like how do I work with them collaborate with them um, and I think that's really healthy right we have a beautiful um, um diverse community across the globe and you know when we when our team's mission is to, is to nurture nurture not only that community, but in, you know, infuse it um, and show the diversity and make sure everyone it's inclusive of everyone. So uh, we want to kind of show that, and that's one thing that I've definitely been trying to focus on. Is hopefully you see a little bit less of me and uh, you see a lot more of other people, but I'm I'm still there. Don't worry, I'll still pop <laughs> my head up from time to time. But um, hopefully, you know, um, it's it's a lot more group activities that I get to do. So instead of instead of um, the, you know um, things that, that are, are very focused. Um, they're a little bit more high level, but you, if you see the Xamarin love and the Xamarin passion in there. That's still my, my, my passion at the end of the day. And I'm in a lot of calls all the time, but hopefully I rub off on a lot more projects, right. And get to, 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 to really guide uh, as a manager, I guide my reports to, to success and, and ho- hopefully, you know, ensure that, the projects they're working on they're, unblock them and, and can hopefully give some sort of knowledge and, and guide, guide them on their journey. But all my, all my team members are rock stars. So, you know, hopefully you <laughs> see, like I said, more of them, but, um, I'm still around, not going anywhere. Um, even though I'm a manager now, I, I, I still get to do all those other things that we talked about. I still get the podcast. I still get to record videos and I just sort of make sure they're on my calendar and, and that's how it works, <laughs> you know? So.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure our, our paths will cross in the future again, and we'll see each other in person again. But yeah, thank absolutely. thank you so much for being my guest today. Uh, that was really interesting, and uh, I I wanted to do a little bit of something different today—not the the deep te- technical stuff. Uh, we we had David Orton now on, and Maddie, and and uh, I think everybody knows what's what's in the pipeline line at Zemron, but I I just thought it was a a good idea to to talk about like do like more of a meta topic how how do, how do we work or or how, how do you do it you know so thank you for for taking the time james
1: yeah absolutely hope
0: hope people found it you know
1: you know interesting you know if i guess write
0: comments and let me know or
1: reach out to me on twitter so
0: all right i will uh put your your twitter handle in the announcement tweet uh and in the in the blog post and uh yeah so thanks for being my guest and um I'll talk to you next time then.
1: Yeah, thanks Gary and congratulations on 50 episodes again. Yeah, awesome work.
0: Thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of Dev Talk and we'll see each other again in 2 weeks. Bye-bye. Bye.